101.1 FM KBTM, and it's Brooklyn hosting Batesville on 101.7 KISS FM. Statewide pregame shows on KNEA, KBRI, Bob FM, and KBTM begin at 6, stadium pregames at 6.30, and the kickoffs at 7. And following JHS football, it's the Kevin Auto Group Friday Night Light scoreboard show with all the results and interviews from around the region. Bringing you the best deal on tires, that's Plaza Tire Service, and that's the latest from the ticket. You're listening to KNEA Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon. The Ticket. It's time for The Setup, the fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket. Here are your hosts, Kate Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome in here on The Setup, Friday, October 22nd, 2021 edition of the show. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on 95.3 and 96.9 The Ticket, 970 AM KDA. Also, 953theticket.com and through the TuneIn app by searching for KNEA. Find us on social, Twitter at 953theticket and Facebook.com slash 953theticket there as well. Uh, a lot of stuff to get into today. A busy show as uh, we'll have a chance to chat with Lang Whitman, the Railbird, coming up at 2.30 on the program today. Uh, most of the first two segments we'll spend kind of going over not only last night's uh, A-State and Cajuns game, but also some realignment news coming out uh, today as Dennis Dodd is reporting uh, some realignment news in the Sun Belt. Uh, we'll touch on some of the college football games this week, but a lot of A-State talk, a lot of Sun Belt talk on the show today. But first, Andrew Bowen will get us started with some headlines. Brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. It was a back-and-forth affair for Arkansas State and Louisiana Thursday night, or last night, at Centennial Bank Stadium. But ultimately, the Red Wolves were top 28-27 for their sixth straight loss. Red Wolves struck first after a scoreless first quarter as Lane Hatcher found quarter record for a touchdown. Teams then traded scores for two quarters before the Cajuns were able to hold the ball for the final 10 minutes of the game to seal the win. Hatcher threw for 300 yards and three touchdowns, while E.J. Alexander led the team defensively with 12 tackles. Meanwhile, several Red Wolves basketball standouts earned recognition from the Sunbelt Conference yesterday. Norchad O'Meara was named the Sunbelt Preseason Player of the Year, while Marquise Eaton was selected second-team All-Conference. Jariah Washington was also second-team selection for the women's team. Arkansas football travels to Little Rock this weekend to take on Arkansas Pine Bluff. Saturday's kickoff is at 11 a.m., and the MLB, the Dodgers stole Game 5 yesterday, beating the Braves 11-2. This brings the series count to 3-2, with the Braves still ahead. They will play again tomorrow at 4.08 p.m. And the Astros play the Red Sox for Game 6 today at 7.08 p.m., and Houston leads the series 3-2. And this has been your Daily Headlines, brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. Now back to Cade. All right, uh... So, a lot to get into on the show today. We'll start, uh... First, kind of just going over everything that happened last night uh, at Centennial Bank Stadium as A-State fell 28-27 to to Lafayette last night. Uh, well, first off, I don't think anybody expected the score that we got last night in that game. You know, one of the things thought this week uh, as we were, we were kind of going over the game was 
you know, just kind of wanted to see see what energy level A-State came out with. Uh, and I thought that was probably the most fired up we've seen the team all year. You could kind of sense yeah. it in pregame warm-ups, sense it in the run-out, sense it on the sideline. And there was there was a uh, there was a lot of energy surrounding surrounding a state last night. You know, maybe it was the opponent. Uh, you know, having the long storied rivalry with uh, first, I guess, Southwest Louisiana, then Louisiana Lafayette, and now Louisiana. Although I'm just still going to call them Lafayette. Maybe it was a week off. Who knows? But uh, it was it was impressive to to see the energy level and. You know, just kind of see how everyone was fired up last night. And that's really the first time we've seen that from A-State this year. You know, I thought offensively, we kind of saw it from the start of the game yesterday that it it, it was apparent that A-State was going to establish the run, even if it was the death of them yesterday. I mean, they ran the ball a lot. That was probably the most they've tried to establish the run all season long because, listen, at some point you have to – you can't just be one-dimensional forever. At some point, you have to figure it out. And, you know, I think A-State kind of figured it out uh, a little bit last night. Now, so they rushed 35 times and threw just 31 times overall. But that is a little misleading because Lane Hatcher did have 10 rushes, and some of those were, you know, scrambling to get out of danger. But there was a huge emphasis on the run game last night. And, I mean, A-State responded. They ran the ball pretty well last night, which – from the offense from the offensive side that's probably the most encouraging thing you can take away from the game last night is that they did run the ball extremely well it was the first time since UCA that they went over 100 yards rushing uh Lincoln Perry had 52 yards Johnny Lang had 45 and then uh, Alan Lamar had 12 so 113 rushing yards for a state they really established the run uh, on offense last night and that was uh that was that was an encouraging sign, uh, just to see finally some semblance of a uh, a run game getting going last yeah. night. I mean, it looked like a. I would argue it looked like a completely different team. I mean, they looked. I think the bye week we talked about it. I think that definitely helped. I mean, it just, they just looked recharged and ready to go once they hit the field. Uh, other otherwise, offensively, we kind of talked about you know just Hatcher's escapability and just how that would kind of factor in the game yesterday mm-hmm. and. I think you kind of saw it. There's still issues with the offensive line, but you know I think Hatcher was able, and he still got hit last night. He still took shots, but I think he was able to escape and make plays enough last night that it masked those issues a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you could tell. I can't remember if it was the first or second quarter where the horse collaring penalty happened and Hatcher kind of got drug out of bounds. You could tell that kind of banged him up and. I don't know if he was ever 100% after that the rest of the night because he walked around with a with a noticeable kind of limp the uh the rest of that drive. But you know, it wasn't there were there weren't as many just plays that just got blown up like we saw in the Georgia Southern and Coastal game. And I don't know if that's the offensive line getting better, if that's Hatcher, you know, kind of masking it with his capability or if it's a mixture of both, but that was uh that was a good thing to see. But you know, one of the things we also talked about was that don't let the punter be the MVP of the game last night. And I thought the MVP was uh, was Lincoln Perry because, honestly, I don't know that he got enough touches. Um, he was averaging right at five yards a rush last night. He carried it, you know, 11 or 12 times, had a few receptions in there as well. And, you know, he kind of looked like the bell cow. And he's just one of those that when he gets the ball, he doesn't dance around. He just goes and hits the hole. And that's – yeah. And not saying it's a bad thing, not saying it's a good thing. I just think 
nowadays, a lot of times, you know, you don't really have that running back that just hits the hole. Mm-hmm. And Lee Perry is is that guy. So, you know, I, I know it seems probably crazy to say, given that A-State has scored in the 40s and scored in the 50s, but I thought that was probably the best and most complete the offense has looked all year, just simply because they were consistent and balanced. Now, it wasn't perfect. A-State, you know, there were a couple of scoring opportunities that A-State kind of left on the board uh, last night, or not necessarily left on the board, but, you know, didn't get six and had to settle for three. So there were a couple of those moments last night, but from an overall balance and consistency standpoint, that was probably the best the A-State offense has has looked all season. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, the – the passing looked a lot better, too. I mean, there were a few balls here and there that Hatcher threw that I was kind of like, okay, I don't know why you did that. But for the most part, he would just throw it up and one of the receivers would go up and get it. That's what it looked like. And there were – I mean, we saw – I think it was either two or three just absolutely incredible catches that probably shouldn't have happened. But, um, yeah, it was a great game. I, I had a lot of fun watching that game and seeing this team finally kind of – Show some spark and some some fight and everything. Yeah, uh, and you know, just so that was kind of the gist of it offensively last night. It did seem, you know, momentum kind of shifted to to a state side a couple of times, and then a big play was given up. So you know, Hatcher yeah. throws that seventy six yard touchdown to Valence Hunt, and then ULL pops off a forty yard play and a twenty yard play on their on their next drive to go score. A state kicks a field goal to go up twenty seven to twenty one, and then the Cajuns run for a uh, a seventy four yard touchdown. Those two especially hurt just because, you know, A state A state had momentum at that point. But I think, I think two moments where you kind of look back that one especially had a huge impact. The other we could argue, but two that I felt had a huge impact on the game was, you know, you get to the end of the second quarter. You're driving. You have one timeout left. You get the ball at the Cajuns 46. There's eight seconds on the clock. And I don't know if there was – I don't know what the deal was. If A-State was trying to spike it and save a timeout, if there was miscommunication from you know the offense to the sideline, or what the deal was. But you wind up running, what, five seconds off the clock, and eight seconds turns into two, three seconds, two seconds, whatever yeah. it was that was, was left on the clock where – and so at that point you're just chunking for the end zone and maybe you don't get to a point where you can kick a field goal but you're in opponent's territory at the 46 and you have enough time to at least run one play and sideline it and get a chance to kick a field goal which would have made it the 14-13 game at the half but you know I guess it wasn't uh, it wasn't meant to be as there was some miscommunication there A-State has to chunk it for the end zone and then uh, nothing uh, comes out of that so Maybe you can't get enough for a field goal, but wish you could have just seen and kind of saw how that played out at the end of the first half. But the other one that, that was kind of indisputable on A-State had to get six here was after A-State got the interception, it it felt like you had to go down the field and, score. and yeah. go score a touchdown. And honestly, they moved the ball pretty well, but it I mean, it wound up in a field goal. That, that one just felt – that possession just kind of felt pivotal to – to end on a touchdown because at that point you're you're what you're like five minutes left in the third quarter when that interception happens five and a half minutes left in the third quarter of play yeah and so at that point if you go score you're up 24 21 
So if you go score, it's a two possession game. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a two possession game, thirty one twenty one, and all of a sudden Lafayette now has to score twice to go win the game. So that one, not making it a two possession game and keeping it at a touchdown game at that point, just just felt like a huge blow. Uh, yeah, for a state last that night that would have changed the game. Yeah, completely. But you know, overall, a lot of bright spots uh, for a state. Bright enough to win out the rest of the way. I don't know, but bright enough that there is a little hope and you could see a good future ahead potentially. Uh, and not to completely bag on the defense because I did think they they did some good things last night. You know, you look at the defensive front who was just paper thin, man. Like they had no depth whatsoever just due to injuries and whatever. I mean, they're paper thin up front, and they made Levi Lewis look uncomfortable all night. You know, his numbers his numbers weren't really impressive. They only threw it for 110, 120 yards. But man, they, they have they have a couple of dudes at, at running back. So Yeah. Uh anyways, that uh is kind of what happened at Centennial Bank Stadium last night. Honestly, kinda of glad we don't have to worry about midweek games anymore this season because it has been a weird stretch where you play Thursday against Coastal, have an off week and then play Thursday against the Cajuns. So thankfully yeah. The final five games are on Saturdays, so kind of kind of glad the uh, the midweek stretch is over. But you know, overall, kind of really encouraged uh, about what we saw out of A State last night. I, you could argue the Georgia State game last year. I would go as far back as to Kansas State to see to say the last time I felt that level of kind of optimism. And, and obviously, it feels dumb to say because A State didn't win the game, but there was. No. Certain levels of yeah. optimism because it was all right. We we're showing signs of life on defense. You know we're we're moving the ball consistently offensively, and so there was there were a lot of positive signs and positive uh, things to take out of that game last no, night. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's definitely moving in the right direction. I mean, obviously, it's not the outcome you wanted with a loss, but yeah, like you said, there's plenty of things you can pick out of the the game that shows that the team is moving in the right direction. It's a slow process, but it's moving, which is the most important part. All right, so we'll come back. Uh, We'll go over kind of our six things that we mentioned about. Uh, Butch Jones had a couple of interesting comments in the postgame presser, so we'll kind of go over that uh, as we continue to kind of dive in on this A-State and Cajuns game from last night. So we'll step aside, come back after this here on The Ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Call Central Chevrolet today and schedule your service appointment. Don't keep putting it off. Central Chevrolet's service department is even open on Saturdays. Whether you need an oil change, a tire rotation, wheel alignment, brake service, battery inspection, or engine repair, you can count on the service team at Central Chevrolet. Next time your vehicle needs maintenance, remember Central Chevrolet. Professional, convenient, reliable. Schedule your service today on Stadium in Jonesboro or online at centralchevrolet.com. Save big this week at Food Smart, where you get all items at cost, plus 10% at checkout. Get Prairie Fresh Bone-In Assorted Pork Chop Value Packs for $1.27 a pound. Chicken Drumsticks Value Packs, $0.88 cents a pound. Tennessee Pride Pork Sausage Patties, 24 ounces, $3.61. 15-pound bags of all-purpose russet potatoes, $3.55. And 12 packs of Pepsi products are 3 for $9.88 when you buy three or more. Be smart. Shop Food Smart. Now open in Jonesboro and the two former Hayes Supermarkets locations on Nettleton and on G Street. 
Oh, you ghosts and goblins out there. Let 1812 Pizza Company feed your hunger this Halloween season. You have to try the zombie pizza loaded with creepy pepperoni, slimy salami, and an extra helping of spooky sauce. And 1812 Pizza has dessert covered too with their scary Reese's Pieces Pizza. Sure to put the treat in your trick-or-treating. Let 1812 Pizza feed your monstrous appetite with delivery from all three locations. Curbside pickup at Hilltop in Jonesboro and in Manila and drive through window on Ray Street in Jonesboro. Eat local this Halloween at 1812 Pizza Company. This is Davey Carter with Centennial Bank. At Centennial, we're proud of our long-standing relationship with Arkansas State University. Whether it's opening up a new account at our on-campus banking center, we're cheering with you at Centennial Bank Stadium. And we're embracing our newest Red Wolf leaders as well, including our hard-charging football coach, Butch Jones, and our new athletic director, Tom Bowen. At Centennial, our promise is to always be here for you. We're building legacies, one Red Wolf at a time. Centennial Bank, member FDIC. Hello, friends. Michael Steele for Harris Ford, exit 85 off 67 in Newport. Eight-time President Award dealership for service at Harris Ford. Wonder why you should shop there? That's one reason. Also, they've been voted the best new car dealer in Northeast Arkansas. Oh, and by the way, they've got a fantastic selection of new and pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. And come test drive the all-new full-size Bronco at Harris Ford. Go to harris-ford.com, check out our Facebook, or just come see us. Harris Ford, exit 85, Newport, Arkansas. You'll like what we do. Enter now for your chance to win a free HVAC installation from more air conditioning during the hashtag MyHauntedHVACChallenge. Here's how it works. Now through October 31st, just post a photo of your haunted HVAC system on Facebook. Whether it's old, gross, or covered in spooky decor, costumes and decorations are encouraged. In your public Facebook post, tag more air conditioning with the hashtag MyHauntedHVAC. The 10 photos with the most comments and likes by 10.30 a.m. November 1st will be entered into round two and voted on by our Facebook audience. The grand prize winner will then receive free installation of a 14-seer HVAC system with a 10-year manufacturer warranty. Plus, everyone who enters gets a free HVAC system evaluation. To find out more and collect your voucher, go to mohrac.com slash contest. So go to Facebook and enter the more air conditioning hashtag my haunted HVAC challenge today. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on the tickets. About 12 minutes or so away from catching up with Lang Whitman, the railbird, for his weekly Friday visits. All right, so in the uh, postgame press conference last night with A-State football coach Butch Jones, he did have some uh, interesting comments, and it was played, I don't know, I guess about an hour ago or so in the Workday Red Zone. But one of the things that he said that was interesting was that he was as optimistic and encouraged as he's ever been. His expectations were very, very high for this program and that his name is on the program and everything we do. And he kind of talked about wanting to improve in-game entertainment, bring more people into the stands, and kind of make this a thing that people in the community are excited to do. And the, the best quote that he had was we can be as good as we want to be. So 
That was uh, he had a pretty lengthy opening statement to his post game press conference last night, and that was just one of the things took out of it. We could be as good as we want to be. So he's always got good quotes. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's on the A State Red Wolves Facebook page, the uh, full post game press conference. If you missed any of that, all right. So we kind of talked about on the show yesterday. Just went over a few things. Wanted to see out of this A State game last night. So I went through and looked today because the first thing we talked about was, you know, what did the CA State continuously get positive yardage on first downs? You know, even if it was just two, three, four yards, you know, at least get ahead of the change because second and six play calling wise is a lot different than second and 11. And that's something we've, you know, having Philip Butterfield on the show, we've talked about a lot with him is just, there is a noticeable difference for A-State this year, especially when you get positive yardage on first downs as opposed to when you're you're playing kind of behind the eight ball and not getting positive yardage on first downs. So A-State had 27 first down plays last night. They picked up three or more yards on 16 of their 27 first down plays last night. So 60% of their first down plays last night, they picked up three or more yards on. So, again, we kind of talked about at the beginning of the show, maybe not from an overall point standpoint, but from an overall production level, the most efficient the offense has looked all year because they consistently picked up plus yardage on first down. And if that's a trend over the next five games, and it certainly becomes interesting to see how A-State closes out the season because, spoiler alert, you're not playing another team as good as Lafayette defensively or as good as Lafayette all around the rest of the year. So yeah. if you continuously get plus yardage on first downs and that's a 60-65% trend like it was last night to close out the year, then you know, you feel pretty good about your your chances. Not saying you're you're going to win out and get to 6, but you feel pretty good about your chances to close out the year on a high note if that's yeah. the case. Yeah, 100%. Uh so the Cajuns came into this one as well, and one of the things we talked about yesterday was that they had seven plays of 20 or more yards in their game last week against App State. On every drive but one in that game, that they had a play of 20 or more yards, they scored. The other one was when they threw an interception. So, felt like, you know, if you allowed big plays, you weren't going to have a chance to win the game tonight, or win the game last night. And to A-State's credit, that stat we keep coming back to of plays of 20 or more yards allowed, they only allowed four last night, which is great. Yeah. But two of those four were detrimental. One was a 99-yard uh, rushing touchdown. The other one was a 74-yard touchdown. So you saw definite improvement in giving up big plays last night, but that the 94-yarder or the 99-yarder and then especially the the 74-yarder late just just hurt for a state yeah i mean it's an improvement of not allowing as many compared to like the memphis game or washington game or anything like that but it's still yeah you still need to keep working at it because take one of those big plays away and you win the game i would also and i don't even know how to even start on this because it's probably some advanced college football stat side that i don't even know but i would like (laughs) to know if there is a team in the country that has given up a 99-yard passing and a 99-yard rushing touchdown this year, I'm, because I'm sure I would, there is. I would say there's probably not. I would like. I'm sure it's been done before. I would like to know the last time it has been done. But yeah, it's probably been. Anyways, there was an improvement on giving up the big plays last night. It just happened that two of the four big plays you gave up were just de- 
detrimental. Yeah, backbreakers. The other thing we talked about, we've kind of talked about it on the show, you know, throughout the day, is just the improvisation of Lane Hatcher. How does how does how comfortable does Lane Hatcher look? How you know how comfortable does he look escaping pressure? Can he make plays on the run? Can he make plays with his feet? Because the offensive line has had issues and. The answer was that Hatcher looked really good escaping pressure. I mean, he yeah. threw for 300 yards. You know, there were a few times where he took some shots, but for the most part was able to evade pressure enough to still make positive plays. Now, I know he took, you know, a couple of sacks, took a couple of hits out of bounds, but it was never to a point where it just felt like it was an alarming number of hits that Hatcher took for a loss last night. Yeah, no, he he did a really good job of evading pressure. I was very impressed with how – because normally when Blackman was evading pressure or in other games, he looked, like, really flustered and, like, he didn't know where to go. But Lane just kind of kept his eyes down the field while still managing to get around all these defenders and would just throw a perfect pass. So it was – I was very impressed with how poised and centered he kept himself while he was moving around. One of the other things, too uh... – and we'll kind of dive into some realignment talk after this. But one of the other things that mentioned was that at some point, A-State had to get the run game going because it has been – basically, it's been a non-factor offensively, right? Like, you haven't been able yeah. to consistently run the football. And A-State had not gotten over 100 yards rushing since the UCA game. Now, they came close against Memphis. They were at 98 yards against Memphis. They oh, were right on the cusp. Too shy. But – especially Washington, especially Tulsa, especially Georgia Southern, and especially Coastal, there was no semblance of a run game. So really, I mean, you're going back to the UCA game and and parts of Memphis the last time A-State really established the run. And last night they did a really good job of running the football. That was was the best they've looked at running the football, you know, Second half of UCA, or since the second half of UCA, probably better than the second half of UCA because yeah, I would argue they, it was better. They got consistent positive yardage. Uh, you know, Lincoln Perry and Johnny Ling both averaged over four yards a carry. Uh, Perry was close to averaging five yards a carry, so they ran the football really, really well last night, and that was um, that it's was an encouraging to sign yeah. to see for a state. So that uh, is the latest on. A state. The latest on the Sun Belt is we've kind of expected to start seeing national reports at some point soon about the direction in which the Sun Belt is going in terms of expansion. And we finally saw our first, I guess, national report on that today because College AD put something out about uh, the Sun Belt. Plans to add Southern Miss, James Madison, Old Dominion, and Marshall with an announcement expected as early as next week. Now, College AD was the one that put out the Blake Anderson to Utah State news, but it's still one of those deals where you see it and it's like, it's not that I don't believe you. I just need someone yeah, in the college sure. football media that I truly trust to to come out in the national from the national yeah. media and put out a statement. So, No, I get what you're saying. Dennis Dodd came out about 50 minutes ago and said – the Sun Belt will invite James Madison, Marshall, Southern Miss, and Old Dominion as soon as next week. CBS Sports has learned. Other outlets have reported next week differing timelines at this point. So uh, it's expected to happen sometime around next week uh, that 
the Sun Belt will officially invite them to the conference. Obviously, this this makes it a better league in football, especially baseball. You're adding a couple of really good baseball programs in there as well, and it kind of makes you one of the better leagues in the group of five as the the CUSA, especially in the American, have have really kind of fallen off. But it was interesting. So just looking at James Madison, because James Madison is the one coming up from – the the FCS level and we saw the Sun Belt kind of have that plan with Coastal and App State a few years ago. So you look at uh, from a from a facility standpoint, James Madison had an almost two hundred million dollar new basketball arena built that opened. I can't remember if it was twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, but the thing is nice. They have a really nice football facility. So you're adding one of you're adding one of the biggest budgets in the FCS and one of the most competitive football teams in the FCS. And then you're adding Southern Miss, Marshall, and Old Dominion. So th- the four editions are going to be really really good for the league and uh, Yeah, definitely. We'll, and it makes the American look like a laughing stock and just yeah. like a mess. So we'll touch on that more as uh, we get to the end of the show today, but right now we do need to step aside as Lane Whitman the Railbird will join us after this timeout here on the ticket. Kara's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on the ticket. Central Toyota has your vehicle and your back. And call Central Toyota today to schedule your service appointment. Don't put off tomorrow what can be done today. Central Toyota Service Department is even open on Saturdays. Whether you need an oil change, a tire rotation, wheel alignment, brake service, battery inspection, or engine repair, you can count on the service team at Central Toyota. Next time you vehicle needs maintenance remember central toyota schedule your service needs today on stadium in jonesboro and online at centraltoyota.com looking for an affordable car truck or suv that you can buy wholesale then the team at magnet motor company and paragold can help fixed income bad credit good credit or just need to build your credit magnet can take care of you with low cost cars trucks and suvs you can pay with cash you can pay with credit card and magnet also offers financing check out our inventory at magnetmotorco.com and call 215-0077 and let us put you in your next ride today magnet motor company highway 49 south in paragold See Placid Tire Service today for the right tire at the right price right now. Placid Tire Service is the area's biggest selection of in-stock tires at the lowest price with outstanding service, including our four tires, one-hour guarantee. Plus, we make the purchase easy on the budget with our Placid Tire Service card or no credit needed financing options. In Jonesboro and South Caraway and at our newest location on East Johnson Avenue, Placid Tire Service has the right tire at the right price right now. Come see us today at Placid Tire Service. You've been told banks with branches don't have the digital capabilities you need. But why not have the best of both worlds? At First National Bank, we have all the online banking tools you could ever need. Plus, if you need something, we have real people in real places near you. Digital with branches and real people. We know you can't be everywhere at once, but we can be anywhere you are. Check it, snap it, track it, pay it, move it, and ask it anywhere. First National Bank, putting you first, always. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. The premier arts and crafts festival for Southeast Arkansas is coming up Thanksgiving weekend. Part of the Stuttgart Wings Over the Prairie Festival. Right now, booth spaces are being reserved for this year's event. Contact the Stuttgart Chamber of Commerce today and reserve your space. Over 20,000 people attend this annual event, and you need to make sure your arts and crafts are there to be viewed and sold. Call 870-673-1602 or go to StuttgartArkansas.org to reserve your arts and crafts booth for the Wings Over the Prairie Festival in Stuttgart. That's 870 870- 
673-1602 or go to studgardarkansas.org. You may not be thinking about putting up Christmas lights right now, but you need to. Why? Because don't you remember your husband falling off the ladder, shocking himself, getting all of the lights up and half of them didn't work? The stress, the worry, get ahead of the decorating by calling Mojo Lawn Care and go ahead and have them put you down for their Christmas light service. Get on Mojo Lawn Care's schedule for closer to the holidays so they're not totally booked up when you get ready to decorate. Mojo Lawn Care hangs lights, wraps trees and shrubs, hangs large wreaths. They even get on the peaks of your roof line and then they can store your lights and decorations till next year mojo lawn care will decorate your house so great for christmas that the griswolds would be jealous but don't get left out i know christmas is a long ways away or is it call mojo lawn care today make sure you're on the nice list by getting on their schedule when you're ready 219-3446 that's 219-3446 and visit christmaslightsofjonesboro.com it's the quickest hour in sports talk that was fast now back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on 95.3-969 the tickets. Halfway through, just over halfway through the show. On a Friday afternoon, which means it's time to go to the Ritter Communications Hotline and check in with Lane Whitman, the railbird who joins us each and every Friday. Lane, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing good, Kate. Hope you guys are doing uh, good as well. Can't complain. Can't complain. Another football weekend, so no complaints there. Uh, it is, I guess it's a little bit of a bit of a lighter slate in terms of uh, – Arkansas schools this week. We saw A-State play last night. Arkansas plays UAPB tomorrow at uh, War Memorial. So I guess for the first time we've been doing this, we won't go over an Arkansas school just to, due to a little bit of a lighter slate this week. Uh, but we will dive in with some SEC play. That's happening about two hours down the road at Oxford tomorrow as Ole Miss takes on LSU. Uh, Ole Miss an eight-point favorite. Eli Manning Day in Oxford tomorrow. So uh, what do you like out of this game? Well, I think, you know, this obviously has the potential to be a wild, wild game on, on CBS at 2.30. Uh, the Rebs have a great offense, uh, an average to at times below average defense. So I mean, that's a possibility every week when Ole Miss plays. Uh, but, you know, LSU has won five straight in the series against the Rebels. But how are they going to react to Coach O being let go at the end of the year, I mean, that's kind of an unknown in this game. Uh, also, LSU found a running game uh, last week that had been non-existent all year as, as you know, they had one guy run for 287 yards. So uh, I still think the LSU obviously has issues on defense. They gave up 42 points two weeks ago to Kentucky. They gave up 42 in the win against Florida last week. Uh, so you know, I, I can't trust LSU's team at all. How beat up is Ole Miss after that game last week? Uh, is, is Corral? I don't think he's obviously a hundred percent, but uh, you know we'll see what happens to him in the game. Push comes to shove, I'm going to take that Ole Miss offense because that's the that's the side that I trust the most in this game. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to lay the points and uh, I'm going to take Ole Miss. Yeah, I would be I would be floored if Corral doesn't play and isn't involved in the offense a ton. Uh, I think that's. Oh, I, I have, I have no, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. It's just that you know, I, I know that he was 
put in some bad spots last week. Right. And he was, you know, limping around. And, and But, no, he, he's still obviously the focal point of the Ole Miss offense. Yeah, I think Kiffin's comments Monday were more trying to get under Orgeron's skin than anything else. Uh, Clemson and Pitt, uh, a game that, I don't know, three years ago probably would have been Clemson minus 35, is now Pitt minus three tomorrow. Pitt uh, actually in the top 25. So you go with uh, you going with the Panthers tomorrow, or you take uh, Dabo and Clemson to pull the upset. You know, at the start of the season, if you'd have told me in week eight we were going to be talking about Clemson Pitt being a big game, <laughs> I would have laughed at you. I mean, Clemson is an underdog in an ACC game for the first time since 2016 when they played Lamar Jackson and Louisville in this game. Wow! So that that goes back a long way. So Clemson still. As much trouble as they have on their offense, and they haven't scored over 19 points against a Division One team in regulation time yet this year, their defense has given up fewer points than every team not named the Georgia Bulldogs. So, you know, you're just looking at the over and unders, 46, 47 in this game, and that's something to look at. But in this big ACC matchup, it's strength versus strength. Uh, Pitt's strength is their offense, led by Kenny Pickett. He's got 20 touchdown passes this year, only one interception. Uh, he's you know kind of a long shot out there for the, for the Heisman. If he has a huge game here against a tough Clemson defense, maybe he shoots up the odds boards a little bit. But I think this game is going to come down to is what can Clemson's offense do against the Pitt defense, the two lesser uh, sides for each team, what can happen there. I'm going to lean to Pitt to make just enough plays to – get the win and cover against Clemson. I can't take Clemson to cover this game because they have not covered the spread once this year, so I'm not wow. going against that streak. Wow. That, uh, that is uh, – I didn't realize Clemson did not cover the spread. That's crazy. All right, so Iowa State and Oklahoma State, a game that is played in Ames, Iowa. Oklahoma State is actually the number eight team in the country, but as the old saying goes, dreams go to die in Ames. And so they are a – Road dog. Looking at it right now, and it says they're a seven-point dog to Iowa State. So who do you like in this game, Iowa State and Oklahoma State? It's funny you said that because that was the first thing I had in my notes is Oklahoma State's number eight, yet they're a seven-point underdog versus a two-loss team. And they were on the verge of getting blown out against Texas last week when they got a pick six right before halftime that changed the game around completely and helped them get that big win. Uh, Are the Cyclones finally getting it together? Uh, they had preseason hype. They were the top, you know, eight, ten team in the country. That pressure might have been too much for them for a program that's not used to playing under that scrutiny. Uh, the last two weeks, they've outscored Kansas and Kansas State, not necessarily the greatest teams in Division One, but they have outscored them ninety-two to twenty-seven. So maybe they are getting things together. On the other side of the ledger, though, Oklahoma State has a history under Mike Gundy of beating ranked teams. Only Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney have more wins versus ranked teams at their schools that are they're coaching now than Mike Gundy. Since he's, I think he's been there since 2005, 2006. So uh, that is something that they hang their hat on is beating some ranked teams. For me, I'm 0-3 in calling Iowa State games this year, so I'm kind of skittish on this. I went with them twice and lost. I went against them. I took Kansas State last week, lost that as well. I'm going to lean on Iowa State here. This line looks a little fishy. I don't think Oklahoma State's offense is very good, and I think that's going to get exposed on the road here. It should have last week against Texas, but they snuck out of there with a win. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to be as fortunate this week. I'll take Iowa State minus seven. 
few more uh, college football games here. Uh, USC and Notre Dame tomorrow night at, uh, I guess, 6.30 on NBC, a game that, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago would have meant a lot. Now it really doesn't mean a whole lot. Notre Dame's number 13. USC is not ranked. Uh, Notre Dame is a a seven-point favorite. Uh, You go with the Irish or are you uh, picking uh, the Trojans? See, this game kicks off at 6.30. There's no games tomorrow that kick off after 6.30. I have no idea where I'm going to do at 9 o'clock <laughs> when I should be selling down for a, a Pac-12 game. Uh, we'll well, talk about you, a couple, couple got... Pac-12 games here in a minute. But, but yeah, that's just crazy. Uh, but this game in South Bend, I mean, what is, you know, USC comes in this game off a of bye week. They had two weeks to get ready for this. But what were they actually doing? I mean, you have a lame duck coaching staff. Are they, or, you know, were they sending out resumes? Were they trying to get ready for Notre Dame? I don't know. I, I got to take Notre Dame uh, over fifty-eight in this game. USC can score. Their defense is not very good. Notre Dame rotating quarterbacks. I think both teams put up some points here. Uh, I think Notre Dame gets the win, but I'm going to lean toward over in this game at fifty-eight points. Okay. Well, don't forget about uh, Hawaii and New Mexico State tomorrow night at eleven o'clock on uh, Spectrum Sports. So you got yeah, that game tomorrow night. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I don't have Spectrum Sports at, at, at the Whitman household. So uh, the six thirty kickoffs is going to be it for me. Uh, Oregon UCLA is pretty much a pick 'em right now. Uh, UCLA not ranked. Oregon ranked tenth uh, in the country. Last check, it was UCLA minus one. So who do you like in this one? You know, Oregon's kind of sitting there. They've only got one loss, and it was a controversial one against Stanford. As long as they keep winning games, if they win the Pac-12 with one loss, Oregon is going to be in the playoff. Yeah. Even though they're sitting down there at 10 right now because they have that road win over Ohio State, which might not lose the the rest of the way here. Uh, That said, Oregon is 1-5 against the spread this year. The only game they've covered was the Ohio State game. They've been winning a lot of close games. Running back C.J. Verdell is out for the season. The offense has struggled the last two games. Without Joe Moorhead, their offensive coordinator, on the sidelines, he will be back on the sidelines for this game in the Rose Bowl. I'm going to lean toward the Ducks in this game. Uh, Oregon is 5-2 and two against the spread the last seven against UCLA. A lot of people across the country are picking UCLA here. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the contrarian. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Ducks. Last uh, college football game we'll touch on before getting to NFL action, uh, Utah taking on Oregon State tomorrow. The Utes are a uh, three-point favorite. Uh, what do you like out of this game? Utah was a, a sneaky pick to win the Pac-12 when the season started by a lot yeah. of folks. So they were ranked in the in the 20s. Uh, lost early to BYU and San Diego State on the road. Benched quarterback uh, Charlie Brewer that transferred in from Baylor. He then quit the team because he got benched. And they put in Cameron Rising, the, the transfer from Texas, and they've been 3-0 and and covered the spread uh, the last two of those three games. Utah is getting their footing going now. They're becoming the team that a lot of people thought they could be. But going to Corvallis is not an easy thing. This Oregon State team is 4-2 and on the season, 4-2 and against the spread, and they are dynamite in the underdog role. Uh, with head coach Johnson Smith. I'm going to lean toward the Beavers here. I'm going to take the points. Maybe Utah wins a close game, but I'm going to take the points with Oregon State. Shifting to uh, NFLs, we're talking with Lang Whitman, the Railbird here on the phone lines. Uh, first game we'll look at in the NFL, and it's you know honestly a, a big one for the Philadelphia Eagles, a loss here. and It's 
strange to say they would be out of the NFC East in October, but for all intents and purposes, they probably are as they're taking on the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are a three-point favorite. So, do you like a uh, do you like a desperate Eagles team, or you like the Raiders in this game? It was, it was kind of hard picking out some top games this week because you got six teams on buys. Yeah, you have uh, there's some games that are you know. 14, 15, 17 point spreads. You know, those are kind of straightforward right there. But I'm going to go with the Eagles with the extra rest here. Uh, they haven't played since last Thursday night when they snuck in the back door and covered the spread against Tampa Bay. I just don't know what you're going to get out of this Las Vegas team after the deal with John Gruden. They they gave the extra effort last week uh, on the road against Denver and you know rose up in that game. Are they going to do that again? Or, or was that an aberration? You know, you get that bump a lot of times when the when the the coach gets fired or whatever. But I don't know what's going to happen with this Vegas team. Uh, you look at the Eagles. Yeah, they're three and three, but three of those the three losses are against Dallas, Kansas City, and Tampa Bay. Three high scoring teams. The Raiders aren't really that high scoring team. I'm going to take the Eagles plus the points here in what should be a close game. Last NFL game, Chiefs-Titans in uh, Nashville. Chiefs are a a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, You go with the Chiefs in this one? Well, that's a short week for the Titans. They're off the big win on Monday night. Can they dial it up again? I mean, they're playing another big offensive team uh, in the Kansas City Chiefs, but uh, Buffalo's better than Kansas City. Uh, I think that's just a a factor so far in this NFL season. But I see nothing really different from how the game's played Monday night to how this one's going to be played. And I'm going to go for the over in this game of 57 points. Uh, These two teams have played the last two years with the total scores being 59 and 67. Uh, I see a shootout here at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Last one we'll touch on, your money play, A&M taking on South Carolina. They're a 19.5-point favorite. The over-under is 45 in that game. What do you like out of this one? Well, this – USC South Carolina offense is is really limited. I look for them not to put up any more than ten or thirteen points on this night game at Kyle Field. The Aggies are coming into their own since the back to back losses against Arkansas and Mississippi State. Of course, they had the the huge win against Alabama. They went to yeah. Missouri last week, uh, won that game easily. They got their running game going now, which makes it easier for Calzada at quarterback to hit his passes. Uh, I think Texas A and M routes South Carolina in my money play. Five and one on my money plays here on the setup, so hopefully we can make that go to six and one Saturday night. So your money play is A and M minus nineteen and a half, correct? That is correct. Okay, sounds good. Well, Lang, as always, uh, appreciate the time. Before we let you go, just tell everyone how they can uh, keep up uh, with you and follow along uh, with all your picks this weekend. Yeah, just follow along on social media. I'm on Twitter and Facebook at the Railbird three three three. I post my picks uh, for college football tomorrow morning around probably ten ten thirty, and on Sunday I'll post my NFL plays about eleven o'clock after they have the injury reports. Lang, as always, appreciate the time. Uh, good to catch up with you today, and we'll uh, talk to you this time next week. I'm always looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, Kate. Sounds good. That's Lane Whitman, the Railbird, joining us there on the phone lines. We've got to hit a break, come back, close out the show after this time out here on The Ticket. Our advice? Just take the over. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Cattle prices still down. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Market Countdown. 
December corn at 538 at 5 and 3 quarters with March corn at 546 and 3 quarters up 5 and a quarter. November soybeans at 1220 and a half down 3 and a half with January soybeans at 1230 and 3 quarters down 2 and 3 quarters. December wheat at 756 up 14 and 3 quarters with March wheat at 767 and a half up 14. December cotton at 10826 up 212 with March cotton at 10619 up 204. November rice at 1350 and a half down 6 and a half cents. January rice at 1375 down 7 and a half. Moving on to livestock now, October live cattle 12410 down 87 and a half. With December live cattle 12832 and a half down 122 and a half. October feeder cattle 15542 and a half down 82 and a half. With November feeder cattle 15690 down 217 and a half. December lane hogs at 7332 and a half up 12 and a half. With February hogs at 7662 and a half down 5. That's your EAB market countdown, and I'm Scotty Woodson. Have a great day. At the end of every harvest, it's time to prepare the fields for next year's crop. And for many farmers, that means prescribed burns. Burning helps eliminate pests, it manages problematic residue, and increases sustainability. As a farmer and a mother, I understand that it's important that we continue to take care of our environment and our communities by following simple, voluntary steps before initiating a burn. Pick up a copy of the new Voluntary Smoke Management Guidelines and Checklist at aad.arkansas.gov and remember to call the Arkansas Agriculture Dispatch Center at 1-800-830-8015 before you burn. Help preserve our airshed for generations to come and minimize new regulations by calling 1-800-830-8015. Arkansas farmers have always been great at proactively ensuring a high standard, and we want to continue that tradition. Hey, y'all, this is Matthew Cox with Cox Implement. Time for football and time to check out our new inventory of zero-turn mowers. Don't keep putting money in that old mower, and don't wait till next year. It is no secret the inventory has been a challenge in 2021, but at Cox, we are stocking up on zero-turn mowers and preparing for 2022. Kick off the fall with a new zero-turn mower from Cox Implement. Come see us at any of our three locations in Hoxie, Highland, and Jonesboro, or visit us on Online at CoxImplement.com. Cox Implement. Equipment you can count on, people you can trust. Get guaranteed low prices from a trusted local name at Bills Cost Plus. At Bills, you always say big with all items at cost plus 10% at checkout. This week, a family pack of Prairie Fresh Country Style Ribs, $2.58 a pound. A 10-pound chub of 75% certified Angus Lean Ground Beef, $2.49 a pound. A 15-pound bag of russet potatoes, $4.88. And fresh tomatoes on the vine, $0.88 cents a pound. Visit BillsCostPlus.com and like them on Facebook. Bills Cost Plus with three locations in Jonesboro. Central Ford in Truman has your vehicle and your back. Call Central Ford today to schedule your service appointment. Central Ford Service Department is even open on Saturdays. Whether you need an oil change, tire rotation, wheel alignment, brake service, battery inspection, or full engine repair, you can count on the service team at Central Ford in Truman. Next time your vehicle needs maintenance, remember Central Ford. Professional, convenient, reliable. Central Ford, exit 29 off I-555 in Truman and online at centralfordtruman.com. Timeout's over, and we're going to a full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here for, I don't know, about five more minutes or so, closing out a Friday edition of the show here on the ticket, 95.3 and 96.9 FM. By the way, 
before we forget to mention it, of course, tonight uh, we'll have wall-to-wall high school football coverage as uh, four games will air across the EAB Sports Network airwaves tonight as we'll see Brooklyn taking on Batesville from Jordan Stadium at uh, 7 o'clock over on 101.7 KISS FM. Nettleton takes on Forest City tonight at uh, 7 o'clock over on 94.1 Pop FM. Valley View taking on uh, Green County Tech tonight at 7 o'clock over on KBTM. And Jonesboro taking on Searcy tonight at 7 o'clock right here on the ticket. Pre-game coverage from the stadium begins at 6.30 with each and every one of those games. And then after everything goes final, be sure to... Keep it here on the ticket and tune in for the Friday Night Lights scoreboard show hosted by Will Oswalt. So uh, a lot of a lot of high school coverage coming your way tonight across the EAB Sports Network airwaves here in Jonesboro with wall to wall high school coverage. We'll also have uh, Grizzlies will be in action this week. They'll actually be in action on uh, Sunday night at Los Angeles, so we'll have that game for you here on the ticket. And then uh, Ohio State at Indiana will be the big uh, college football game on Saturday night here on the ticket. So a lot of football coming your way this weekend here on the ticket. So it uh, it's not just a super interesting of course, I feel like we've said that for the said this for the last two weekends, where it's not just a super interesting college football slate, and then something wacky and bizarre happens. So I do hesitate to say that a little bit. Uh, but but there are some games I'm interested in. Number one, Middle Tennessee State and UConn play tonight. UConn is determined to play like in the battle royale for the worst team in college football every <laughs> single week. It's a five o'clock kickoff tonight on CBS Sports Network. There is nothing like a five o'clock kickoff on a Friday night on CBS Sports yeah, I was Network. About to say, between Middle Tennessee that? State and UConn, I'm just I'm going to keep up with it just out of sheer curiosity <laughs> because it's like again UConn's what is, gonna, uh, What's UConn's record? Uh, they've won two games. Okay, two I was games. expecting you to say zero. Oh no, so. one and seven. I'm sorry, one and seven. They beat Yale. Whoopee. Yeah, they beat Yale. Uh, they they should have beat Vandy, but Vandy wound up beating them. So yeah, they that's, beat Yale. They're one and seven. That's depressing when you can't beat Vandy. Anyways, I'm not actually interested in that. <laughs> I don't game, know. You seem pretty intrigued. <laughs> I, I am going to score track it. Uh, so I really am interested in Oklahoma State at Iowa State because again, it's been a long deal in the history of college football where dreams go to die at Ames, Iowa, where like a, <laughs> a, a five and seven, six and six Iowa State team puts an end to the season for some nationally ranked team. And so, I mean, you invest in that to an extent, but Oklahoma State's the number eight team in the country, and they're a seven-point road dog to a four-and-two Iowa State team. Like, I I have to watch that game just simply out of sheer curiosity yeah, of why that line is is so high because I, I don't get it. Uh, Clemson and Pitt is also interesting. It goes on at the same time at 2.30 on ESPN tomorrow. That's interesting for the fact that I don't think Clemson's very good. Uh, they can't score. I think Pittsburgh is – they're a back-end top 25 team, but they, they're they good. I, I don't really know that that game is, is, going to be, is going to be close. I don't know. I mean, they it, beat Tennessee, and 
I mean, yeah. they could be. I think they could be Clemson. No, I think they're going to be Clemson. That's what I'm saying. I don't think oh, the game's okay, going to be okay. close on Pittsburgh's I side. I thought you were saying on the other side. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Clemson scored a combined total of 36 points in their last two games. Oh, wow. Only, oh. only twice this year has Clemson scored 20 or more points. They scored 21 in a loss at NC State, and they scored 49 on South Carolina State in Week 2. Oh. They can't move the ball, man. Oh, like no. They... They can't move the ball. So I'm interested in that. Obviously interested in uh, LSU Ole Miss tomorrow. It's Eli Manning Day. They're like 150, 200 tickets away from a sellout at Oxford tomorrow at 2.30 on CBS. So, oh, wow. Uh, Lane Kiffin said Matt Corral potentially could not play. I don't buy that. He's playing tomorrow. Um, so we'll get to see Corral play, get to see Eli Manning Day. It'll be a fun day uh, in Oxford tomorrow. So really uh, interested in that game for sure. In terms of uh, – the Corral Heisman campaign continues. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. He's he's going to play tomorrow. There is no yeah, unless no he's way. on his deathbed. Like there's there's no scenario in which he does not play tomorrow. You can't keep him off the field. No. Uh, in terms of the Sun Belt slate, it's it's a lighter slate this weekend. Texas State's at Georgia State tomorrow at uh, one o'clock on ESPN Plus. South Al is at Louisiana Monroe, coming off that big win over Liberty at six o'clock on ESPN three tomorrow night. South Al is a thirteen and a half point favorite in that one tomorrow so that's a look a little bit at the uh, college football slate this weekend should be a fun weekend of games we'll be back monday to recap everything from on the field games to realignment news in the sunbelt conference and throughout college football the drive with brad bobo is next from three to six keep it uh, around on the eab sports network tonight for high school football coverage and for the Friday Night Lights scoreboard show here on The Ticket. A busy night of high school coverage, a weekend of programming gets you back to the front row with Budrow from 7 to 10 on Monday morning. 10 to 12, it's Red Wolf Roll Call. 12 to 2 Monday, it's the Workday Red Zone. Get you back to us from 2 to 3. For Andrew, I'm Cade. So long. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday.